The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. A report released this week says Canada is warming up twice as fast as the rest of the world and the warming is irreversible. Here's Linda Aylesworth. Some sobering news from Environment and Climate Change Canada. Our country has the unenviable distinction of warming at twice the rate of the rest of the world. Break it down into regions and there are even scarier observations coming from our far north. Where in fact uh, climate is warming at three times the global average. That's uh, crazy. We didn't really think that the problem was that quite that severe. While the global average is up 0.8 of a degree since 1948, Canada's average temperature has risen 1.7 degrees. The Arctic, 2.3 degrees. The reason? Melting glaciers, snow and sea ice that not only release greenhouse gases, but allow solar radiation to warm the ocean. Climate change is progressing so fast that the Paris Agreement, which strove to limit the rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius, is sounding like pie in the sky. In spite of what politicians might say, um, the changes that are happening are too slow for us to reach the goals that we've agreed on. Canada's Environment Commissioner is also critical of government inaction. Our audits on whether or not we would reduce, achieve our goals on reducing greenhouse gases, we've we haven't achieved those reductions. From my perspective, it's a really important issue. Canada must get ready and it must meet its goals. So what's the holdup? It's a complex problem. It requires change on a scale that we, we've we never seen from, from humans, really. And, um, you know, there's a lot of resistance to making those changes. The report warns that the warming has become effectively irreversible. But that doesn't mean we can't reduce the damage by using less fossil fuel. Hunting the ball down the field to another generation is, in my mind, unethical and, and not responsible. And it just amplifies the problem for the next generation and the generation following that. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. It's 3.09. Uh, joining us now to look a little closer into this report is Dan Krauss, the National Conservation Biologist with the Nature Conservancy of Canada. Hi, Dan. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining me. And I'm guessing, uh, you know, my first question was going to be, were you surprised by this news? But I think I know the answer to it. You weren't. No, we, we've been tracking these trends for a long time in Canada and have known that, well, the, the world is warming, Canada is warming even more quickly. And uh, that, that warming is happening even more quickly in our northern part of the, of the country and in some of the interior parts of Canada, including in Alberta. So, Dan, let's, you know, look at that uh, a little bit closer. Why, why is Canada warming uh, faster or more, rather, than the rest of the country? Yeah, there's two main reasons. The one is that as a, as a northern country, places that historically were covered with snow a lot of the time of the year or ice, those places have melted. So the sun's energy, instead of being reflected yeah. by that, uh, is, is actually being absorbed, and that's creating heat. The other reason is, is that Canada has a lot of places that are away from the ocean, um, in the interior of the continent, and those places are uh, um, they're not influenced by the ocean, which is warming up a little bit uh, slower. Mm-hmm. So uh, places like Alberta, Saskatchewan, in our north, that are away from marine areas, are, mm-hmm. are warming up more quickly. I was... Um watching, I don't know, I think it was 60 Minutes on the weekend or last weekend, and it was, you know, they did an interview with a a scientist out of, like, northern Russia, and he was talking about the permafrost and about how the temperature change and more 
permafrost and the gases being released in the permafrost and how that's um, that's um, the permafrost is much deeper now than it was before in in northern Russia. Anyway, it was fascinating when you look at that, um, and I obviously didn't explain that <laughs> very well. It was a little bit over my pay grade, but when you start talking about the melt and and when things start to melt and gases being released, that contributes to this, doesn't it? It, it does, and that's what scientists sometimes call a, a positive feedback loop. So the, okay. the warmer it gets, the more some of that permafrost is, is melting, uh, the more extreme weather events that are causing things like forest fires, or at least contributing to forest fires, and that's releasing more carbon into the atmosphere, which is then creating more melting. So we really are in a situation where if we, if we can't cap the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, um, not only are the changes going to be irreversible, but mm-hmm. they're going to make the planet for our children and our grandchildren, a very different place than, than what we grew up in. You know what? Um, the document says, quote, that while warming in Canada has been the result of both human activity and natural variance in the climate, the human factor is dominant, especially emissions of greenhouse gases. Lots of folks out there, and I hear it on the text line every day, Dan, I got to tell you when we talk about this, they don't believe in co- climate change. They say that's the way the world works, that um, that this has happened over and over in different things. You talk about Ice Age, all that sort of stuff. What do you say to them? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're right on. The, the climate has changed uh, over the history of the planet. What, what's different now is the rate of The change. rate of it. And, and that's the scary part. Is, you know, if, if this was happening over thousands of years, people and nature could adapt to it. But we're seeing changes that are happening in, in less than a generation. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be very difficult to adapt to because we built cities in low coastal areas. Um, we've we've adapted to the climate that we've been used to, and it's suddenly a very very different world, and that's going to uh, to hurt nature, and it's going to hurt people as well. So, Dan, when you look at it, and it says that the average temperature in Canada is 1.7 degree uh, higher than it was 70 years ago. I mean, when you look at 1.7 degree, I might think, oh, that's not not very much. Um, how is it that that can have such a big impact? Yeah, so that, that's a change in, in average temperature. And we know it's having an impact because we, we see that right now. Um, there's less ice on some of the lakes. Um, and just those warmer temperatures can lead to more extreme weather events. So the one thing we, we don't know what's going to happen is around precipitation. We're, mm. we're able to track the temperature. It's definitely getting warmer. Uh, but precipitation patterns are also changing quite, quite radically. And that's because there's, just, there's more heat in the atmosphere and that's causing things like extreme rainfall events so what, what used to be the hundred year storm where we get a, yeah. a lot of precipitation over a short year a short period of time uh it's happening much more frequently now and that's contributing to uh, to some of the flood events that we're seeing well yeah and um and this report did point out the the uh, 2013 floods in southern alberta and the fort mac fires in 2016 and you mentioned that you're saying that this is you know hey look at this right here this is a direct result of of these temperatures going up yeah you know it certainly is a major contributing factor and and that's what worries me about maybe we shouldn't be calling it climate change it's really climate uncertainty okay um and and what we're creating is this world where just the weather and the climate patterns are not what they used to be um and that's just going to be a much tougher world uh to, to live in um Let's talk uh, a little bit more about the Canadian Arctic. It's seeing an increase of 2.3 degrees on average. Um, 
and I and I'm guessing you talk about that that reflection and that sort of yeah. that sort of thing. But what does that mean? I, I I think I saw something today saying that there could be times in the in the near future that um, that there will be open water in 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 areas for up to a month in the Arctic. Yeah, the, the Arctic is changing very rapidly, and people that live in communities in the Arctic are already observing conditions that they, they have never seen before and, mm-hmm. and traditionally did not exist, including species that are showing up there that, that never lived in the Arctic before. Mm-hmm. And not only is the ecosystem directly changing uh, because of temperature, but now we may see things like some invasive uh, plants and animals that weren't able to survive in the Arctic or other parts of Canada are now able to get a foothold. Um, some of the extreme weather events are flushing nutrients into our, our lakes, mm-hmm. causing algae blooms. So it's not just the weather um, but it's also, and the climate, but it's also all of these other impacts uh, that, that are going to affect uh, nature and, and our, the well-being of our communities. Uh, a couple of questions coming in on my text line for you, Dan, and I'm going to throw them uh, this way. Um, Please ask him, is Canada to blame for this? Is this country, in, this, in that number, if we're looking at 1.7 degree higher than it was 70 years ago, is Canada, Canadians, this country, to blame for it? Uh, we're, we're all to blame for it. I mean, it's just like, you know, throwing litter out um, you know, when you're driving along the highway. I mean, you know, if one person does it, it's maybe not a big thing, but uh, when, when everybody's doing it, uh, it, it accumulates. So we, we are emitting uh, carbon dioxide like, like other countries. Um, certainly there are many countries that are much larger emitters than Canada. Um, but we do have an opportunity to try to, to reduce those emissions. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we can do in Canada is, is protect nature. When we think about climate change, we often think about it, the carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere, mm-hmm. which is absolutely part of the problem. But Part of the reason why it's increased is because of all of the, the land conversion of converting our, our grasslands and our forests. And Canada has this amazing opportunity to protect some of those places, especially in our, our north. Uh, and Alberta, um, with the Birch River um, project and some other provincial parks that were announced, you know, actually has like the largest protected boreal forest in the world. And we shouldn't forget that that is playing a really important role uh, in what nature has always done, which is pull carbon uh, dioxide from the atmosphere and store it in the long term. So is this, because I was, I was on the website uh, earlier today for the uh, Nature Conservancy of Canada, and there was a, there's a whole stream of uh, blogs on there, and there was one recently on conserving carbon sinks. Is that what you're talking about? Like these yeah, carbon yeah, sinks? Ex- like what? Exactly. I mean, that, that's one thing that we can do. It's not just the carbon that we emit. It's protecting those natural systems that, that hold and store carbon. And that's forests, and that's grasslands, and, and that's wetlands. And that's where Canada can really punch above our weight, because we still have some of these large, intact ecosystems in our north. And if we protect those, not only are we protecting amazing animals and wilderness, but we're also protecting the, the carbon storage services that those places provide. And that's important, not just for Canadians, but really for the, the planet. Uh, I have to tell you, uh, Dan, I'm hearing on my on my text line this afternoon a lot of uh, climate change deniers out there saying, you know, we just went through the coldest February yeah. in, in 40 years. I mean, it's, it's actually nonstop. It's probably the majority of texts I'm getting uh, uh, right now. Um, 
and and they don't they don't believe this again it goes back to like this is just kind of the the nature of the world i mean you've only been tracking weather and temperatures for what 100 150 years so how do you know that this is right mm-hmm. uh, again that it's you know for for you and, and and what you do that must be frustrating to hear yeah, and, and, you know, they're, they're right. We only have been tracking weather and temperatures for maybe 150, 200 years, but we are able uh, by doing things like taking cores out of, uh, of glaciers to measure the amount of, of carbon that's been in the atmosphere for mm-hmm. a very, very long period of time. And we know that those levels are higher than they've been in a very, very long time. And the last time carbon levels were this high, uh, sea levels were much higher. Mm-hmm. There were forests growing in Antarctica. Um, it's, it's setting the stage for a much different world. But, you know, we still do have this opportunity to, to turn things around. And just like we did with the hole in the ozone layer, mm. uh, there were people that Remember you know, that, didn't yeah. think that those chemicals were, were causing that. Just like acid rain, where there were claims that it was trees that were causing that. Um, you know, hey, I live near Sunbury. I heard a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. And, you know, and that was something there were there were deniers around uh, around acid rain, but we were able to turn that around. And certainly climate change, because it's a, a global issue, is a little bit more complicated, but uh, but those give me hope that we will be able to, to turn things around before we, we change the world in a way uh, that just makes it much more challenging for future generations to live. You talk about hope. You just, uh, at the beginning of the year, you had written a, an article that's, that was titled, you know, that despite everything, there is still hope for for nature and you know when we talk about climate change and I, I think about you know how uh, increase in the temperatures of, of oceans and uh, you know here on land how that can impact you know fish and, and wildlife and, and all of that you're saying that there is still hope for nature so leave us with some hopeful news Dan there are you know I think the news tends to capture the disasters that are happening mm-hmm. but there are thousands of examples around our country including the work that the Nature Conservancy of Canada is doing where we're engaging communities to imagine a world that's different that's better for nature and better for people and we can all participate in that and the, the road we're going on right now it doesn't matter if you believe in climate change or not we, we know that it is changing. We're, we're seeing it. It's not a theory. It's not a hypothesis. We're able to measure it and witness it. And the sooner that we can start to decarbonize the atmosphere, uh, and we can do that by reducing emissions and by protecting nature, uh, the greater climate certainty that our children will have. Dan Krause, uh, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much for joining us to uh, chat about this topic this afternoon. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for the opportunity. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. Dan Krause, he is the National Conservation Biologist with uh, Nature, the Nature Conservancy of Canada. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.